Hello! Welcome to another story about the Peters family. The name of this week's story is Penelope Peters and the Near Hit. As always, we've included a line from a hymn or a hymn title within the story. If you recognize it, send your answer to whimsywins at gmail.com. If yours is the first correct answer we receive, we will send you a prize. Last week, our winners were siblings Noah and Corbin of Jacksonville, Florida, with their answer of, No one ever cared for me like Jesus, from the story, The Peters' Motives and Kiana's Manipulation, Part 2. Great job, you guys! So, are you ready for this week's story? Okay, let's go. Penelope Peters and the Near Hit The week had been a long and difficult one. Pearson was working hard on fractions and was struggling with common denominators and continuing to forget that when adding or subtracting fractions, the denominator does not change. Penelope, on the other hand, could not seem to memorize all the prepositions. And though Mama Peters had written a lovely jingle by which Penelope could remember the prepositions, she could not get past the line for, from, through, to, because she was constantly saying for, from, through, and through. And she would have to start all over again every time. Additionally, like Pearson, she had been learning a new math concept and had been working diligently to understand the distributive property. But no matter how hard she tried, she just couldn't seem to understand it. And Patience and Priscilla, the Peters' toddler twin sisters, as cute as they were, were struggling with temper tantrums over the smallest perceived slights. Mama Peters had prayed about a hundred times internally, asking the Lord to maintain patience, despite the slow-moving academic day and the twins' near-constant need for discipline. She had been successful because God is faithful, but she also recognized that a change of scenery would likely do everyone a bit of good. So on that sunny September day, Mama Peters packed a picnic and announced that they would eat lunch by the pond at Evergreen Park. Yes! And hooray! And the sounds of tiny hands clapping could be heard in response. Pearson and Penelope had completed the bulk of their work by lunchtime, and a break was a welcome change. Mama Peters, the only thing I have left to do is my literature, Penelope said happily. And quickly. Same with me, Pearson echoed. I only have literature left too. Well, how about we read it together at the park, okay? I think it'll be good to sit out in the sunshine by the pond. Maybe your brains will go into diffuse mode on the way to the park, and you'll be able to better remember prepositions, fractions, and the distributive property. Mama Peters had a tone of hopefulness. How does the diffuse, how does the diffuse mode, is that what you called it, Mama Peters? How does that work? Pearson wanted to know. It's like this, bud. The Lord has allowed our brains to continue working out problems when we're not actively thinking about things. You know how sometimes in the night you'll get an idea? Or when you're just lying down daydreaming, you might suddenly start singing a song or saying a verse from your memory. Well, when we have problems that we've been concentrating on for a long time, it doesn't help at times to keep trying to work the problem out over and over and over. We need to puzzle over it, but then we need to give our brains a rest or a break from the hard work and do something a bit more relaxing. And often, in those moments, we're able to think more clearly about the problem. Does that make sense? That is what is known as diffuse mode. Oh, really? That's neat, Mama Peters. 
you know what? That happened to me the other day when I was thinking about how my little Miss Molly would, my doll didn't have a dress for church. And I was lying on the bed thinking about how, how I was going to try to play with her, but I didn't have an outfit for her. And suddenly I thought of a napkin and making that into a dress. And it worked perfectly, Penelope remarked excitedly. Exactly, Pen. A napkin dress. That's a perfect example of diffuse mode thinking. Mama Peters was pleased that Penelope understood the concept. What do we have for lunch, Mama Peters? Pearson asked as he picked up the picnic basket. He wasn't nearly as interested in Penelope's idea for a napkin dress as was Mama Peters. Dresses just didn't do it for him. But food? That was right up his alley. Well, we're having cold fried chicken from last night, watermelon slices, baby carrots, and cheese. I think we'll all enjoy our lunch. On the way to Evergreen Park, they were all silent as the hymn Glory to His Name filled the car. The hymn had a soothing effect, and it was nice to set aside the cares of the day and instead concentrate on the lyrics of the hymn while watching the tree-covered hills roll by. After finishing their lunch at the park, Mama Peters placed the twins in the sandbox while Pearson and Penelope sat on the grass listening to Mama Peters read a chapter of their book. It was a sweet book about a farmer's daughter who described her bucolic life on a farm where she lived in a little house surrounded by pigs and cows and horses. Penelope and Pearson got lost in the details of a simpler life and hardly noticed that the chapter was longer than usual. At the end of the chapter, Mama Peters began quizzing them on their comprehension and had both of them fill out the vocabulary lists from the story. Pearson and Penelope thumbed through the dictionary for words like bucolic and pastoral. After completing their assignment, they began to happily play on the playground alongside their twin sisters. Mama Peter sat on the bench, vigilant, yet thoughtful and prayerful as she observed her progeny. She often found herself pondering their future, but she never let her thoughts wander too far, lest her heart become anxious. She prayed over each one of her children, asking the Lord for growth in wisdom and grace and praying specifically for each of their patterns of sin. She always ended her prayers for her little ones with prayers for their future spouses, wherever and whoever they might be. She asked the Lord to help her kids seek out believing spouses should the time ever come, and was so immersed in her prayers that she hardly noticed the sun's steady rise in the sky, for her mind was very much in the depths of prayer, until finally Pearson, Penelope, Patience, and Priscilla made their way over to her, red-faced and asking for water. She handed them their cold water bottles and took that as a sign that it was time to leave. I think we need to get back. It's about time for me to start prepping dinner, Mama Peters announced. And just as Patience and Priscilla were about to throw a tantrum, as they had been doing every time they had to end something fun, Mama Peters quickly took hold of both of their hands and, dropping to her knees, said sweetly, but firmly, we are leaving now. You both need to say yes, Mama Peters, with happy hearts. I know it's sad to leave a happy place, but by God's grace, those times will exist again. Now I need to hear you both work very hard to say yes, Mama Peters. She looked expectantly at the twins, giving the twins advance notice and a lengthy explanation so that they could get ready to obey. And it was thrilling to Mama Peters that moments later, they both answered, Yes, Mama Peters, in their precious baby voices. Of course, this was a result of many, many moments of practice to keeping their tantrums at bay when challenged. Mama Peters had done her due diligence by reminding the twins in the car on the way there that the time would come that they would have to go home and leave the park and that discipline would be meted out should they throw tantrums.
Successes had become more and more frequent, and Mama Peters thanked the Lord every time that they did not have a tantrum. Praise the Lord, girls. I'm so glad you're having happy hearts in obedience. Okay, let's go. You're beginning to practice Ephesians 6.1, the verse we frequently quote around our house. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. When the car was packed up and they were ready to leave and on the road again, everyone was singing loudly and happily. The mood was drastically different from the morning when everyone was in despair over their various problems. And though their work faced them when they returned to it, they were all thankful for the break at least. The two-lane highway Mama Peters took on the way home was a bit up and down given the mountainous area that was home to the Peters family. As Mama Peters pulled up around a bend, a large logging truck was pulling around on the other side and a log had somehow come loose. As the truck driver pulled a hard right, the loose log flew off to the left, heading toward the bottom of the hill. Mama Peters noticed it, and in a split second, she slammed on her brakes, bringing the van to a screeching stop. As the log hurtled through the air just ahead of her, nicking only the front right corner of the bumper before breaking through the K-rail and rolling down the hill. Everyone in the car gave a frantic yell and scream, Ah! And only when the car stopped in the middle of the road did they all realize what had just happened. Thank you, Jesus! Thank you for keeping us safe, Lord! Mama Peter shouted. The truck driver had pulled to a stop around the bend and was running up the hill toward them. Are you all okay? Oh my, oh my, are you okay? I I don't know what happened. I don't know how that log came loose. Are you okay? He was frantic, despite Mama Peter's effort to reassure him. Yes, we are. Praise God, we are okay, Mama Peter's answered. She was still quite shaken, however. I I just, I I don't know how that could have happened. I, that could have just... The trekker's words trailed off in mid-sentence. I know, but God spared us today. Mama Peters was deliberate in her assertion. After a little while, an exchange of contact and insurance information, the truck driver got back into his truck and Mama Peters back into their van. Penelope and Pearson, shaken from the experience, were hardly speaking. Patience and Priscilla, though, were babbling mindless chatter, which was a bit of comfort to the nerve-wracked passengers. Wow, Mama Peters, if we had only been about two seconds faster, that log would have knocked us off the mountain, Pearson remarked. I know, bud, but the Lord spared us. I, I know that, Mama Peters, but, but, the, but the difference between life and death was, was probably about only about like two seconds. Mama Peters glanced in her rearview mirror, noting fear on Penelope's face. Pierce, I know, bud, but aside from using that knowledge as a point of reference for praise to the Lord, it's probably not a good idea to talk too much about what could have happened. Okay, Mama Peters, Pearson sighed, knowing that his beloved Mama Peters was right, as always. But Penelope, who was sitting next to Pearson, and whose adrenaline had not stopped pumping, had a whole other thought to think. What if the van had gotten knocked down the mountain by the log? What if they had only been there seconds before? Though she sat in silence the rest of the ride home, her mind kept replaying the accident as if on a loop with the added hypothetical of the van being hit by the log and tumbling to the bottom of the hill. Her heart pounded fast as she thought about it, and she prayed that the Lord would spare her as though their van had rolled down the hill. When Mama Peters pulled into the driveway, Daddy Peters' car was already parked, and he walked outside to meet them. When Mama Peters got out of the car to greet him, 
He immediately felt the tension in the air. What's wrong? Daddy Peters' voice sounded nervous. With limited commentary from the children, Mama Peters began explaining all that they had just endured. At the end of Mama Peters' recitation, Daddy Peters enveloped each person in his arms, and they all prayed together a prayer of thanks to the Lord for sparing their lives and van. At dinner a couple of hours later, everyone acted normally. That is, except Penelope. She was doing her best to carry on as though nothing were wrong, but she couldn't shake the image of the van tumbling down the hill. She couldn't stop thinking about the log and the what-ifs. What if that log had smashed them? What if their van had rolled down the hill? What if? What if? What if? It was all beginning to become too much of a burden to think about it. But there was so much activity at dinner, and then at shower time, and then at their family worship time, and Bible memory work, that Penelope was, at least for the moment, distracted. However, as bedtime came, her mind raced as she pulled her covers down. She jumped into bed and pulled her blankets tightly around her, squeezing her eyes shut, attempting to keep the visions of horror from her mind. But she was unsuccessful. It seemed that the harder she tried, the more rapidly the thoughts came. Over and over and over she replayed every detail of her imagined alternate ending. She did not even realize that she had begun to sweat. She was relieved when the light from the hallway beamed underneath her door. Daddy Peters opened the door and walked into the room. Nellie? He whispered. Yes, Daddy Peters? Penelope's voice was shaky. Honey, I thought I heard the twins. Mama Peters asked me to come and check on them, but the twins aren't up, he noted, looking at the two sleeping figures in their crib. Oh, yes, Daddy Peters, they're asleep. Happily, Penelope replied. But what's wrong with you, Pen? Why aren't you asleep? Daddy Peters sat on the bed next to her. Oh, Daddy Peters, I I can't sleep. I I can't stop thinking about the car accident today. Well, what are you thinking about specifically, Pen? Oh, Daddy Peters, I keep wondering just, just what would have happened if that log had hit us off the road. It's so scary. Oh, Nellie. Daddy Peters picked Penelope up and set her on his lap and squeezed her tightly. His embrace was loving and comforting. But Penelope couldn't help but think about how temporary it was. She would be back in the terrors of her mind as soon as he left the room. But for the moment, Daddy Peters hugged her tightly. And when some time had elapsed, Daddy Peters quietly spoke. Gently he explained, Nellie, the only alternate words that exist are in the worlds of our minds. There was not one single chance that the van would have been hit by that log because it simply was not part of God's plan for today. Anytime anything ever happens, it all happened quite perfectly according to his perfect timing and plan. Remember what Romans 8.28 says, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love the Lord, to those who are called according to his purpose. God has planned every single solitary moment of your life long before and long after this moment. And though it sounds terrifying to think about dying, which is what you're doing, your death will be a blessed event, a holy moment. Right now, being young, it's hard to imagine your death as anything but terrifying. And certainly, it is a fearful thought. But we know that when believers die, they are instantly with Jesus. Pen, you profess Jesus as your Savior, and you repented of your sins, so you have nothing to fear. And when your mind travels back and back and back to that moment that's causing you fear, 
You must remember that Jesus will be with you through all of it. He will never leave you. He will see you through the holy moment of death. He will bring you to the other side quite safely and quite happily. Oh, Daddy Peters, I know, I know that's true, but I, I can't control my mind. It just, it just keeps coming into my head. Oh, dear girl, I know it feels like you can't control your mind. In fact, there are times when sillier things will pop into my mind, like a song that I can't stop singing, but I want to stop singing, and I start to feel like I'm going to go crazy. Remember that horrible little song, Sam Stevens Sings Saintly? Penelope laughed <laughs> and answered, I love that song, Daddy Peters. It's hilarious. Well, of course you like it. You're a child. But when I get that song stuck in my head and it feels like it won't stop, I have to remind myself that I am in control of my mind and it is not in control of me. But it sure feels like it's got a mind of its own, Daddy Peters. Oh, I know it does, Pen. But here's what you must remember. God has given us victory. He has given us victory over anything that ails or tempts us. And you know that 1 Corinthians 10.13 says that no temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And here's the crux of the verse. Four words inserted in the middle here. But God is faithful, and he will not allow you to be tempted beyond anything you are able but with the temptation will provide a way of escape also that you may be able to endure it. You must realize, Pan, that your mind is bringing forth these thoughts that are not pleasing to the Lord, thoughts that you must take captive to Christ. Remember, it says in Proverbs 4, that you must guard your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Your thoughts can feel overwhelming at times. Each time a thought pops into your head that you shouldn't be thinking about, You need to yell in your mind, no, I will not think about this. And I love what James 4, 7 says, if you resist the devil, he'll run away from you. It's a promise. So you can vanquish those thoughts and bring them captive to Christ. I've even done that by talking out loud and interrupting my thoughts or by singing a hymn or a praise song aloud. You must bring scripture to bear. Philippians 4, 8 is a good one. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. Daddy Peter stopped to chuckle. (laughs) I'm getting to be like you, Nellie. Talking a mile a minute. But the rest of the verse says, if there's any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So you say that in your mind and you ask the Lord to help you to overcome your tough thoughts and to bring to mind things that are worthy of praise. Maybe think about your adorable twin sisters. Maybe you think about Mama Peters' piano playing. Maybe you think about your own piano playing. Maybe about Sunday school or Pearson or any number of things. Or you could think about Jesus dying on the cross for your sins and how kind he is in every circumstance of your life. And all the time you pray. You go through and you begin to systematically thank the Lord for the wonderful things he has done for you. You get what I'm saying, my precious daughter? Oh, Daddy Peters, I do. Would you pray for me now that that when you leave, I'll stop thinking about the accident? Of course I will, Pen. Daddy Peters bowed his head and prayed with Penelope that the Lord would cause her mind to be armed with the sword of the Spirit and that she would control her mind. He prayed that she would remember all the things that are from and for and through and to Christ alone. As it says in Romans 11.36, And when Daddy Peters said, Amen, Penelope suddenly looked up. I got it, Daddy Peters. I I I know how to remember the prepositions. 
for him and from him and through him and to him are all things. I got it. I kept getting those prepositions all mixed up. But that verse that you just prayed, it it sounds like my prepositions. Diffuse mode works. Since Daddy Peters hadn't been there when Mama Peters had explained diffuse mode, he wasn't exactly sure to what Penelope was referring. But he was still elated by Penelope's obvious change in attitude. Wow, Pen. Well, I'm glad you're thinking about other things now. Thank you so much, Daddy Peters. You're welcome, dear girl, and I'll continue praying for you. Good night. I love you, Pen. I love you too, Daddy Peters. Pen, you know what? I'm afraid you're right, though. Diffuse mode does work, because now I have Sam Stevens sing saintly in my head. Oh, boy, I'm going to be humming that all night. I'm not sure I'll be able to get rid of it. Oh, Daddy Peters, remember, you're in charge of your mind and not the other way around. Daddy Peters laughed. (laughs) You got me there, Pen. He tucked Penelope into bed and walked out of her room, whistling the tune to Sam Stevens sing saintly and then whispering, Diffuse mode be gone. This is Grandmom's Corner. As I read through the story this week, it occurred to me that I am in diffuse mode a whole lot. My husband, who is known as Papa to our grandkids, and I do a lot of crossword puzzles, especially during the summer when my husband, who is a teacher, is off. We do word puzzles, we do crossword puzzles, we do jumbles, we do number games, all kinds of things. And there are times that we get stuck because we don't know the answer. I tend to be super impatient. I want to get it done and I want to move on. Sometimes I pray that God will give me the right answer, but there are times that the answer just doesn't come. Long ago, my husband advised that I set it aside when I'm stuck and come back to it later. I cannot tell you how many times I'll go back to a puzzle or a jumble or a number game and immediately know the answers. My handsome husband and I marvel and have observed aloud how God has made our brains so complex and so wonderful. Because even when I'm not working on the crossword puzzle or jumble, It's still in my subconsciousness thinking about the answers I missed. God has made our bodies so intricately and so sublimely. King David wrote in Psalm 139, 14, I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. God has made every single bone, every muscle, every ligament, every corpuscle, every nerve, every artery, every single thing in your body he has created. Though we can't fully comprehend how our bodies work, neither can doctors or the greatest scientists, because some of those mysteries, as the Bible says, belong to the Lord. But the psalmist says, my soul knows it very well, because even though we can't comprehend how our bodies work, we still understand that God has created our bodies in a glorious and grand design. Finally, a couple of weeks ago, from the story, The Peters' Motives and Kiana's Manipulation, Part 1, Mama Peters told Pearson and Penelope to finish their chores while they listened to hymns playing in the background. She suggested that instead of whistling as they work, which is a phrase in a song from an animated movie, they could worship as they work. Or, she suggested, they could both whistle and worship as they work. That got me thinking about whistling, which my dear husband does frequently. I love to hear him whistle because I'm a terrible whistler. Here's a sample of my whistling ability. 
yeah, not too good, is it? However, my husband can whistle all kinds of tunes, and I find it charming. So, I've asked him to whistle the hymn from this week's story as I sing along on the third verse. I am so wondrously saved from sin. Jesus so sweetly abides within. There at the cross where he took me in. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to his name. Thanks, love. My pleasure. The Lord willing. We'll be back next week with another story about the Peters family. Bye for now.